Hello there guys, what is going on? Daniel Childs back here again for my team selector ahead of the Champions League last 16 first leg against Borussia Dortmund tomorrow night. It's a huge game, it's a glamour tie, it's a tie I've actually wanted Chelsea to get for a number of years, either in a group stage or in a knockout stage. It's bizarre to me, a bit like Real Madrid, how many years we went without facing them, that it's taken this long to face Borussia Dortmund. But it's a massive test for Graham Potter, it's a massive test for the players. And the form of both of these sides is very different going into this game. So I think a lot of people naturally lean, especially in the home leg for Dortmund, towards Dortmund. And it's not the case that, you know, this is the strongest Dortmund team you could have faced in the past five years. But there are some very good players within their system. And I think that the hostile nature of this game and, and the fact it is a Champions League tie makes it a difficult one for Chelsea when you throw in the fact that Chelsea haven't been winning a lot of games recently. So... Big, big test. But I, I do also think that this game, as I said before, the two against Man City and the one before Liverpool, that, you know, this is a massive chance, I think, for Graham Potter to win a lot of credit with Chelsea supporters. You know, um, it's not the fact that he has to win the game within 90 minutes tomorrow. If Chelsea can win over two legs against Dortmund in the next few weeks, I think that's that's massive credit to him. I think it is, and it's, it's a big win. Um, so, you know, if Chelsea can put in a good performance tomorrow night, if they can get a win brilliant you know because I think it would give everyone such a massive lift lift which is so needed right now but it's going to be a massive test so we're going to go into the team news you know looking at the players who who could be involved the players who aren't involved some of those returning players from injury that I think makes the the lineup tomorrow quite interesting we'll also look at Borussia Dortmund if you're new around here hit that subscribe button hit the notification bell also make sure if you're not listening on the podcast feed you can listen to this show as a podcast because Son of Chelsea is part of the 90 Min Podcast Network but if you are listening via the feed thank you so much for tuning in and also make sure to give us a positive rating review. It really does help out. But let's have a look at Borussia Dortmund. So as you can see there, the last five, all green. A lot of green for Borussia Dortmund. Win, 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 win. And it's it's longer than that, actually. Their winning run in the Bundesliga, along with some cup games thrown in there. Uh, it, they've been doing well. They really have. Uh, despite, you know, the old shaky performance in the first half of the season, uh, they really have peaked at, at this point as we, we've head into you know, 2023 and into the knockout stages of the Champions League, which isn't good news for Chelsea, but real good news for Borussia Dortmund. I know from an English perspective, and I think from just a general perspective, you see it by thumbnail, you see it on the graphic there, Jude Bellingham. Uh, it's very natural people are looking at him, not only because of his kind of stardom within, you know, the Borussia Dortmund team, the fact that this, this is an English talent who's gone abroad, a bit like Jadon Sancho to Dortmund and really excelled. And uh, of course, for Bellingham has been linked with Chelsea in recent years. So, you know, it's going to be a massive, I think, moment for him personally, you know, coming up against a big, a big English team with the potential that he could be moving to England this upcoming summer for a massive fee. But then you, there are other names within this team that excite me. You know, Makuku, we did speak about him as a potential Chelsea target in the January window. He's been, you know, proving to be another one of these kind of younger gems that kind of the classic Borussia Dortmund player that they uncover at an early age that offers great value that, you know, in like two to three years, they're going to make profit of and there are a lot of players within this team whether that's Reyna a young uh, exciting American prospect 
I also think Julian Brandt is kind of an experienced um, Bundesliga player at this time, done well at Bayer Leverkusen, moved over to Borussia Dortmund and still, you know, scored at the weekend, still is a talent on, on the wing that could offer things. Uh, Guerrero, I think, as a left-back is quite exciting, has, has done well for them in recent years. Nicolas Sula was a free transfer from Bayern Munich last year as a defender who Chelsea as well were linked with. So there are a lot of names throughout this. You know, Emre Chan, of course, had a few years at Liverpool, has moved you know, back to Germany uh, and is doing well for them as well. And, and I also think Marco Royce, what an incredible career he's had, you know, still going at his age. Um, you know, player that's just been, it feels like has been at Dortmund forever at this point and was one of those players for years and years and years. There were links that he could go to Arsenal, could come to the Premier League, could go elsewhere. But he, he stayed loyal to Borussia Dortmund and is very much a, a leading player for them still in this team. Uh, the four-one-four-one, you know, as we expect with Dortmund, uh, the high-pressing game, it is going to be open at times, and I think that obviously gives Chelsea a chance. But as I would note, when you look back to the group stage when they had Man City in the in the game at home, it was a nil-nil draw, and Dortmund were maybe a little bit more reserved in that game than you expect. So I, I think this this stereotype that we have of of the Bundesliga as kind of this high-pressing all-action game isn't always true especially when you get into kind of European knockouts is that there can be a versatility and you know a little bit of an adaption when they do come up against other teams um so be aware of that but obviously Dortmund as we know can be involved in some crazy games when you think of going particularly away from home uh to signal Aduna Park you know you think of kind of that vibrant attacking very energetic game and that can very much overwhelm Chelsea which is a threat tomorrow but with Chelsea, we go into the team news, which I do think is a little bit intriguing. So on the positive, Denis Zakaria, Matteo Kovacic and Wesley Fofana have all trained. How many of those are going to actually feature tomorrow? I think it's unlikely Wesley Fofana features. I mean, this is a guy who hasn't played for Chelsea in a competitive capacity since October against AC Milan. Uh, I know he obviously was involved a little bit in that uh, training camp before we went um, back into football after the World Cup but you know I, I don't suspect he's going to be thrown back in against Borussia Dortmund Denis Zakaria and Matteo Kovacic are more exciting because midfield has kind of been a light area since Enzo Fernandez arrived and, and kind of those players that you could pair up with Enzo Fernandez I think is is quite intriguing and those two do excite me and I think hopefully in the upcoming weeks we will see either of those two or maybe both in the midfield for Chelsea alongside Enzo Fernandez. Um, but no Raheem Sterling, Edouard Mendy, N'Golo Kante, Christian Pulisic, none of those players involved here. No Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, who obviously wasn't selected for this uh, Champions League squad. Uh, no Benoit Badia-Shile, who, you know, I think that's that's proving and could prove to be a very big error for Chelsea. Uh, but it does mean that some players can return back into this team who maybe haven't featured in recent weeks. Sterling, of course, um, has picked up that knock and, you know, isn't involved and apparently hasn't traveled to Germany as well Lewis Hall and Lucas Bergstrom uh, apparently part of the B list so they could be involved as well this is my predicted 11 so as you can see here we're sticking with the 4-2-3-1 um, you know I, I know that people sort of turn around and go you know it isn't a formation that's been getting Chelsea wins but I, I still think it we are seeing shoots of progress with this formation and I'm not really just because it's the Champions League I'm not really about going to a 3-4-3 system, a really reactive system. Um, I think that Graham Potter, and I just think for the club's sake and for the rest of this season, there needs to be a sense of continuity when you can get it, particularly with the number of new names coming in. You know, when we had the Champions League win under Thomas Tuchel, um, Tuchel, you know, he didn't have a load of new players to work with. He was working with a squad that was kind of already settled within the season and kind of bringing a system into that for a short-term kind of boost. I think for what Potter has to do, whether it's the Champions League or the Premier League, 
is trying to build that chemistry over a period of time. So as you can see, it's, it's a bit of a mix in terms of the players we saw on Saturday, some of the players returning, some of those players who haven't been involved recently. So my team, uh, Kepper in goal, kind of obvious at the moment, Edward Bendy's still out, and I don't think Kepper is doing too wrong at the moment, to be honest. I uh, had, what was it, two clean sheets, two or three clean sheets before Saturday's game. Ben Chirwell, I think, has to be starting this game, um, particularly if we are going to look to get more out of Mikhailo Mudrik if he starts further up the pitch. Um, I just think Chirwell, hopefully he's ready now to make a start in one of these games. And Kukurea, as we know, has been under a lot of scrutiny recently and hasn't been playing well. So I just think it's the right time for Ben Chirwell to start one of these games. I, I really do. It's tough to know who partners Thiago Silva. And um, for experience, for kind of, if you're thinking about, oh, you know, Champions League experience and pedigree, you'd go with Kalidou Koulibaly. But then I also think that Trevor Chalaba, for me, just as a player in terms of form this season, I also just think it is better than Kalidou Koulibaly this season. And I just trust Trevor Chalaba more, more than Koulibaly, which is a weird thing to say. You know, you know how much I love and rate Trevor Chalaba as a player. I really do. I think he is proven a lot of people wrong I think he, he's proven to be one a, a real gem in terms of Chelsea giving him that start you know Thomas Tuchel giving him that breakthrough in the summer of 2021 and I think it has proved highly valuable for Chelsea but I also think that you know Trevor Chalabar when you know, again it just goes back to those two players I, I just think for the type of game this is going to be and the fact that Koulibaly has looked sluggish hasn't looked connected with the players around him um, I, I just have more trust in, in Chalabar at the current point. But I could understand if, again, you know, you look at experience, you'd throw Koulibaly in there and maybe it's a chance for him to prove his experience once again. Uh, and he hasn't been in the team since the likes of Enzo Fernandez have come back in and Reese James has got back fit. But I just, I, I prefer to go with Chalabar. Thiago Silva, obviously Reese James remains in the team. Midfield two, maybe a little bit of surprise that Mateo Kovacic could maybe start this game. Again, you are kind of throwing a player who hasn't played in a little bit back into the fray. But Kovacic, for me, in this type of game where Chelsea are going to be put under pressure in, in central areas and you do need someone who's able to break that press and also, I think, assist Enzo Fernandez um, to someone who transitions the ball a little bit better. I just think Kovacic is a highly experienced player in these type of, of situations for Chelsea. Um, I just hope when he does get back fit and he does start playing, he can rediscover some of the things that made him a really influential player, or at least you know, a player that you could rely upon last season, I think was kind of his best and most consistent season performance-wise for Chelsea. I think he's been a lot more erratic and some of that has been due to injury issues that he has been suffering. And he's always been one of those players who picks up few injuries, a few injuries during the season. But I just think Mateo Kovacic will be one of those players that I think that uh, Graham Potter will get back into this midfield and maybe partner with an Enzo Fernandez. Those two could maybe work well together. The three behind the striker, uh, Mikhailo Mudrik, I want to see on the left, particularly of Ben Chirwell. We just didn't utilise him at all over the weekend. Wasn't getting the ball and that was the same in the first 45 minutes against Fulham. You need to be getting Mudrik on the ball. You need to be getting him in behind the defence. And if there is space to exploit against Dortmund, this is the time to do it. With Mikhailo Mudrik away from home, transition player, that speed that he's got, that directness that he's got, we've got to be getting the ball to him and, we, and we've got to be using the likes of Ben Chilwell to rotate with Mudrik and, and I think that can really cause a majority of defence's problems. Joao Felix obviously has to be starting this game after his goal at the weekend and looking so influential. On the right side, I'm going to go with Hakim Ziyech. 
just based on performances recently. Um, but again, I think without Raheem Sterling, with no Nori Madawake in this in this squad, with no Christian Pulisic, with no Raheem Sterling, I've, I've always said Sterling, but you know, obviously he's not available. Maybe you put Mason Mount here and maybe it becomes more of a 4-3-3 to add an extra body in central midfield to compete with, say, uh, Jude Bellingham. Um, but I, I do think that Ziyech out of, you know, if I'm looking at Mountain and, and Ziyech's performance levels over the past month, I think that Ziyech has been more influential. So I'd go with him on the right side of Reese James. Uh, Kai Havertz, obviously, I think is starting this game. I, I don't know who else. We've no Aubameyang in the squad. Fafana wasn't selected. Who else goes up top for Chelsea? Um, and no Amanda Breuer, obviously, being injured. So... It's just quite obvious. And, you know, I, I don't think that's based on performance, but Kai Havertz has proven in the Champions League that he can score some important goals for us. So he's going to need to do that if Chelsea are going to get through. That is my team. I want to know yours in the comments below. Um, it is the sort of tie I think you just get excited for because it is the Champions League and we don't know when we're getting Champions League football back at Chelsea. So I think it, this is one to savour and hopefully the players can turn up and hopefully those shoots of optimism can kind of build to something more tangible over a 90-minute period. But it's going to be difficult. It's going to be intense. But hopefully Chelsea can turn up. Those are my thoughts. Let me know yours in the comments below. Follow me on Twitter, at Chelsea, And I'll see you again very soon. All the best. Mm -hmm.